Welcome to this episode of the Down the Pool podcast, brought to you by Molson Coors. Uh, thank you so much to our new sponsors. Uh, we fit the big time, Gary. What's going on? Huh? I was all down to you and your marketing savvy. I, I pl- oh, yeah. played no part in getting this deal over the line. It was you and your negotiating skills. It's only taken me like three years to get a fucking sponsor for the show. So, <laughs> but so wait, you, I'll see if we can hear this. That sounded, so it, that sounded it, fantastic. It was actually uh, International Beer Day on Thursday or Friday. And jo- John Taffer did a he did a, a video on how to pour a beer properly. In, uh, am, I, am I supposed to know who that is? John, oh, he's the guy from... You ever watch Bar Rescue? Nah. Oh, geez, man. You, you got to watch it. It's a great show. He's like the Gordon Ramsay of the bar world. It's amazing. Oh, uh, okay. So he said, he said none of this kind of slow stuff. He's like, just get it into the glass, so... Let's see if he's Whack uh, it in. Yeah, that goes shit. against everything I'd ever been taught. Yeah, though. me too. I was taught like slow and steady. Yeah. So uh, glass. He said uh, that's the way to do it. Um, yeah. So this month's beer of the month is uh, is Heineken. So our friends at Molson have given us some some Heineken. Uh, I guess they make uh, um, Strongbow as well. So and Heineken zero point zero. So product placement thing here before we get into it on saturday i went out to watch uh the mighty tottenham win uh so i had a couple of like uh just diet pepsis because doing stuff with the boys so i was like i'm not gonna go and get slammed at 11 o'clock in the morning and then i came home and i actually had a, a 0.0 watching the game and it's actually like normally those alcohol free beers are fucking terrible it's like, they're always like pissy and whatever mm. it actually wasn't too bad it was actually quite refreshing so that's that's the plug done Let's move on to the show. So we've got, we've got... I know. Solid job, mate. Solid thank, job. Thank they're you, gonna, thank you. Thank they're going to be you. loving it. Thank you. Uh, so, but the um, we've got like so like we've got quite a lot to unpack here. So we've got the disaster against York. We've got the the happiness of the under twenty three win, and then the okayish performance against Ford. So um, I thought it'd be just to go a little bit off tack and start with something a little bit kind of happy let's talk about the under 20 trees first uh how did you enjoy the game uh any standout players and uh did many show up because I, I didn't get a chance to go because I, I i was watching the lads so give us your talk. yes this seemed to be there seemed to be quite a lot of people in the main stand around me um that i talked about it before we went like before the first under 23s game where it was nice to have something without any emotional attachment with it because I, I think it's been a bit of a slog watching the first team recently because performance has been so bad there's like a bad feeling around some of the supporters as well so it was nice to go to a game where emotionally I didn't have to invest I, I like 
I didn't really give a shit who won that. Like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have minded if the under 23s lost or anything. So yeah, to see them play really, really well against a team who I'm, I'm basing this on what people around me were saying that are apparently one of the best teams in, 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 in the Quebec league. So to get a result against them was good. Um, some really good players as well. Like for Wonder, I, I memorized his name before I came on, but I've forgotten it now. But there was he was number eighteen for Wanderers. Um, he had his socks rolled down, and he was a good player. I, can't, I wish I could remember his name now. I memorized it earlier. I fucking wrote a note the last time. Man. This isn't, <laughs> I this isn't you good did. enough. <laughs> I know you did. Well, I'll just edit in his name afterwards. Or something. Um, I'll, no, I'll, I'll, when, I, when I quote when I quote tweet this, this I'll put his name in. So he was good. Um, <laughs> It'll be just you talking and then me just an Irish accent going Jimmy Smith. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he was good. Um the Quebec team had a striker number nine. Um again, forgotten his name. It was something like Loic Remy, but it wasn't Loic Remy. But um he, he was he was like playing a level below his actual level he was like a super physical dribbler but you just get it head down beat four players and have a shot and he did it all like for 90 minutes as well he was a real athlete but with 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 players like that I'm always wary of what the jump would be like to the professional (laughs) game because like you know you know you see those sorts of players in youth football don't you who are just bigger than everyone else and like like bigger athletes as well and I find sometimes when they do find themselves in a professional game everyone is like that all the centre-backs are built like that the full-backs are built like athletes so these things that you can do quite easily in an under 23 game don't translate very well so I'm saying that I would be shocked if he's not playing for Wanderers next season as well yeah because I Fumper made that point actually himself when he was on the show he said that like you know when he started playing with the older lads, it was like quite a step up. And it's like, you're not as super fast as you were against like the, when you're the younger lads. So I, I get the, the kind of jump thing. And I, I mean, like the, um, obviously Amla was a big, like, you know, th- th- he came from, from there. And I, I think that he found the jump up uh, quite big. Cause um, I mean, he was fairly anonymous, uh, unfortunately against um against York, but, all in all, like I mean, like I think the two games that they went off well. I thought, um, I think we felt like you know it was good for Robinson and Tabby to get a good run out. We thought, like yeah, the, I think Robinson played the full ninety again, which was great for him to get some minutes in his legs. And I, 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 I as you said, it's it was a lot of fun. I kind of mentioned this before. It's just the fact that I, there was nothing riding on the game, and it was just nice not to have. There's a bit of negativity around the club right now, um, around the stadium and stuff like that. And it's just nice just to have that release of like just, mm. just go and have a beer and just watching some some football. You know what I mean? Like it, it was I, I really yeah. enjoyed it. It was nice to meet it was nice to meet people as well, like people I'd only ever met online. It was nice to meet them face to face and like have conversations with them and stuff. And so that part of it's really good because I find on on like the first team match days there's obviously so many people there that all these people you interact with online and have private messages with and stuff like you never really get the chance to chat to them face to face other than like maybe a quick hello as you pass them in the beer yep. queue so it was nice to actually be able to sit down with some people I'd not actually met in person and like just have a chat with them it was so that that side of it I like um so hopefully the club does more I don't know if there's any plans to do more of it this season but you'd hope it'll become a fixture like going forward now well there's rumors now of like um an atlantic league starting and mm. stuff like that so we might see 
uh, the under 23s become a fixture in that kind of like the way Montreal have their youth team in the PLSQ. So fingers crossed that comes to fruition down the road. But it's it, it's just I wonder where they'll they can I don't think they can keep on playing at the Wanderers ground. It just seems there was an awful lot of games quite cl- close together. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if the field can hold up to it. To be perfectly honest, but um, the goal mouth starting to look a bit dug yeah, up, isn't it? Like yeah. around where the goalkeepers are. I definitely noticed that against the, at the York game. I kind of definitely looked at like at the in the first half, like Oxners looked a little bit kind of bare bone, and it's like obviously with the weather that we've had too. So, hey, I, I, I'm just, I'm with you, man. I hope it continues. Like, I, as like doesn't matter where they play it. Like, I'll probably go and catch a few games because it's nice to see um, the kind of quality that's that's out there. That and obviously we seem to sign most of our players from PSQ, <laughs> so it kind of makes sense for to play a few friendlies against them, right? Um, so yeah, so let, let's get into this York game. Uh, this, this is the one. Um, so I, Angus McNabb was in town. He's the CEO of uh, of York. I was really, really hoping that we would have won just so I can say like "fuck you," but <laughs> it wasn't to be. Uh, like he he sa- he sauntered over to the like the where we were at the back of the patio, and then he like wanted to go up to the kitchen, so brought him to the kitchen, and he was interacting with people and talking to them. And he's a really good man, PR man, and he was like handing out scarves to. Uh, people up there. Was he on a scouting of... mission to sign yeah. some of our fans? I, 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 I he wanted to that... sign Block 108, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, sign did. the boys and, and get them over that, to York. That's Got exactly right. you, boys. That's exactly what he's doing. It was like, yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, you get, oh, free beers and hot dogs with you. Come out and watch York. So, um, but it was, it was kind of nice. Like, I, I thought like, it was a really nice touch that he went up and was kind of. Um, Show because like it's a law for like you wouldn't really see that too many in many sports where the opposing CEO pops up to the main support stand like you know you can yeah. you can just imagine Daniel Levy like popping <laughs> popping into the Emirates and hanging out the oh my fans. god yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but it was and it goes to show you like uh as you were taught the Forge thing you did the other day when you were kind of mentioning like how it's a kind of the game here is nicer in that in that mm. sense that it's more of a community thing and like obviously like we have we're rivals with, with other teams but there's still that kind of mutual respect thing so yeah it was kind of it was kind of funny seeing them just wandering around like handing out scarves and pe- people taking them you know and not, not one was born to which is kind of <laughs> cheeky fucker i i I know, right? So I think Derek, Derek, I think Derek Martin needs to do that the next time. Go down to that little stand they have behind it to go like York and hand out some uh, some scarves. So uh, it was a terrible game again. Like we we started mm. slow. Um, we made York look really good when, in actual fact, they're awful. Like I mean, like they lost yeah. again to Valor yesterday. Didn't score again yesterday. Like <laughs> it's just like you know we. I don't know I, where do we start. <laughs> it was just an awful I, slow start, wasn't it? Again, like it's it, there's there's something I think you kind of brought up to like the last time about how it's like it, it's in their brains now that you mm. know there's a panic station put out. But like, how do you explain? Yeah, it was really really bad first first half, first twenty minutes were dreadful, <laughs> really really poor. I remember I like. I was thinking about this because I had a feeling you're going to ask me about the slow start again. And I remember something one of my old coaches used to say when I was playing like football as a 16, 17 year old. And he used to always say aggression, then possession. So like that was what he said to us before we went out and played like aggression, then possession, aggression, then possession. And the whole idea was like your first your first duel, make sure you win your first duel, make sure your first action is done with intensity and aggression 
make sure you gain territory. Like it's a game of territories in the opening like five minutes, isn't it? Yeah. Both teams are just scrapping to earn the territory to move the line up the pitch. So start with aggression, start with intensity. And then once you've done that, possession. So you've been aggressive, you've won the ball, you've won your jewels, and then keep the ball. Like work the ball around the pitch, like make sure everyone gets a touch early doors, keep the ball, aggression, then possession. And I just, I didn't see either of those things when I when I watched just in that first 20 minutes. Like I I watched back the first half earlier and we didn't we didn't string more than three or four passes together in the first half. It was it was a centre back got it, um, maybe played out to a full back, maybe back to the centre back, trying a few like long diagonals, a few balls into the channel. But there was no like playing through the lines. There was no like playing short, snappy, fast passes. And there's just it's just we're just lacking in intensity at the start of games. And I, I don't know, I don't know the reason for that. Like I'm not in the dressing room before the game, seeing what the, what the mood is like, like, is there, is there a seriousness in that dressing room? Is that an, is there an intensity? Is there a focus or is it people just kind of relaxed and having a good time and listening to their music? Like, I don't know what goes on in there, but what I do know is so many games, the first 20 minutes, we are not good. And there's a lack of intensity and a lack of aggression and you allow teams like York, who like, we're, we're better than York. We, we really yeah. are better than York and we're better than Edmonton as well. Um, but both of those teams came here and for the first like 20 minutes played us off the park. And that, that shouldn't happen. Like we need to start games with a seriousness and a focus because like the run we're on at the minute, like our confidence is so, so fragile. Like I imagine the day after the game, the players are at rock bottom and then the coaches have to spend the whole week getting them back up again to a level where they're confident enough to think they can win. And then as soon as you concede a goal or as soon as like the first 10 minutes go by and you've barely strung some passes together, your confidence is dead again. And you see like as soon as the first York goal goes in, every, like it, get, it gets even worse. And there's a, there's a vibe, there's a mood, isn't there? Like in the stadium yeah. now, like it's, it's palpable. You can feel something like I was, I was saying to Shep during the game, like, like it felt like something broke on on during that York game. Like it, like outside the realms of bad form or this is not working, that's not working. Like more holistically, more broadly, it felt like something broke. And I don't, really, I can't really pinpoint exactly what I mean by that. But it was just a feeling inside the stadium. It was just when that second goal went in. It was just like, <sighs> all right, yeah, well, this is shit again. Like apathy. And like yeah. you, the last thing, the last thing anyone at the club wants is an apathetic audience. Like as, as uncomfortable as I'm sure they've found some of the, like the more vocal anger that's coming from some subsections of the supporters, as, as uncomfortable as that is, I'm sure they'd prefer that to apathy. And I can only speak like personally, but I, f I felt apathetic that second half, like to the point where, like we were just approaching it with humor, like me and my mates who are standing with you, we were just kind of laughing at stuff rather than going before I think we'd have gone fucking hell, this is bad. Like being really pissed off about it, but we were just like laughing at it. And like, how shit is that when you're, yeah. when you're like, you're laughing at it instead of being angry about it. Um, and it all comes from the, it all comes from the slow start. It all comes from a lack of intensity at the start of the match. And um, yeah, it just set the tone, didn't it? For, for what I, what I hope was rock bottom. I really hope yeah. that match was rock bottom. Well, like, uh, like as you were saying there, like uh, you can totally feel that there's 
a, a, a change in in vibe like as i said like i said this a few times there's people that go to the game and it's a social thing they have a beer they're not, they're not really watching the game they're just hanging out and it's a day to do something like that's great you know what i mean and, but there is obviously like people who go because they watch football and they really want to see a good game and they want to see the Wanderers do well. And with the run that we're on, it's those people, I think, that are starting to feel it the most because they're just like, here we go again. Because, I mean, like, it's not a cheap day. It's like, you know, like it's like the beers are expensive. You know, it's the tickets are like 25, 30. Depends where you sit. Obviously, your tickets are more expensive than what mine are. So, I mean, it is an expensive day out when and putting a bit of food in there and, and all that kind of stuff. And then when you get that feeling when people aren't trying or they're just not with it, it's it gets, to, I think that's where a lot of frustration is coming from, where people are just like feeling that like the lads aren't trying. And I, I don't think that's the case at all. I just think that it's just because of these slow starts, it just looks that way. And I think, it, yeah, wait, I, I don't think, I don't think it's a lack of effort. I, I really don't think it's that. I mean, that's, it's, it's something deeper. Sorry, and, you know, and like just uh, like I saw Stephen Stephen Hart's uh, press conference after the Forge game, and he was kind of saying like, you know, like during the week in training, like like they're fast pass and they're able to move the ball, but then as soon as the games roll around, everything changes. So you might be right. There's something maybe like you, we need because I, I know that like Rampersat's kind of a quiet guy. Maybe he's not that guy who's going to be in the middle, like like you know, come on, you cunts kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, just to kind yeah. of, just because they, like, not everybody's like that, you know? And, and as you said, like, it's it's that marker of a tackle where, you know, like, you kind of just go in and you just show them that, you they, they, you know, welcome to Halifax, you know, get take that, you yeah. bastard. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, yeah. I, I think we had a tackle like that. It really would have helped. But I, I did want to bring up the point uh, about, so we signed Amla. Um mm. So, so, and he, I, I, as I mentioned, he looked pretty decent in the under twenty three game. But I don't understand, like, why, why we were signing players and then just sticking them straight in. I, I, I don't like. It's a huge jump up. Like we've kind of mentioned it as like from the semi pro professional. And I just feel like they're just being thrown into the lines. Then, like, I don't understand, like, why not bring him on for like 10, 15 minutes, kind of blow him in a little bit, give him a run out, get him used to it, instead of like just sticking him in there. Like, like, if I feel at the moment, like. We're signing players like we're panic signing and we're panic. Uh, there's panic selections. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, like I, I, he's a really good guy. Like he looks like a good player. But did we need another uh, forward? I don't think we did. Like I mean, like Santos looks like he might have picked up an injury against Forge. Like we we're starting to look kind of bare bone at the back. You know what I mean? And it's like why why are we making a signing like that? It's just I don't know. It's just weird. I yeah. I see. It seems like. I counted this earlier, but I might have got my numbers wrong. But I think we've got nine players for three attacking positions at the moment. So it, it looks like we're dropping players left, right and centre. I don't think we are. I think it's just like the coaching staff are trying to find the perfect yeah. mixture of those three players. So every week we're kind of trying a new combination of those three. Like sometimes Daniels is a false nine. Now Amler is like a more a more traditional nine who plays with his back to goal. And we're just like trying to figure out which one works. But there is there's a lot of attackers there. Like you've got someone like, like Garcia and Ben, who like, I can't remember the last time either of them started a game. Like it seems like Salter will normally start. Mwandwe now will normally start as well. So you've got seven players trying to be that centre forward which it's is nuts, a, right? like yes yeah, and it's a it's a large amount I think to be fair some of that's probably 
planning for next season. I think if the club were completely honest, like they know, I would say four, four or five of those attackers are gone at the end of the season. Yeah. at least um so they're thinking okay well we need to like blood these other players now and get them used to the environment so we're just going to have to have like a large collection of, of strikers but you're right you're right we're, we're we're looking really short at the back gander's gone soon santos hopefully it's not a bad injury but, but yeah you we we do feel like charles suspended isn't he is he? Oh, I, yeah, I, I think he picked up his Forge Yellow against Forge too. So Oh, shit. So probably Omar will get a run out at centre-back then against Valor. Um, hopefully Santos is okay, because if not, who's going to play centre-back with Omar? <laughs> Honestly, what, who? What are you doing on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> Playing centre-back for the Halifax Wanderers Football Club. <laughs> but I, I, I think... So did you get that sense that we're now at the point where like the playoffs are gone and we're into preparing for next season mode and yeah. the rest the rest of this is just like 100 percent. yeah I, i'm totally getting that feeling too and so i guess i guess the question would be then like you know a lot of people will, like are feeling that you know maybe in, in i don't think there's i don't think there's any point in changing manager right now i, I just i just think it's you're going to pay out a contract we're not going anywhere anyway it's not like we're going to get relegated or anything like that right i mean and mm. but like do you think there's going to be a change in the in the in the all season? Or because I, I, I'm not I'm not trying to start this debate again. But I, I'm like it's I, every time we lose now, there's like a post on the Facebook group or there's people mm. chirping in on the uh, the Twitter posts that the clubs are making the club is making about like heart out and all this kind of stuff. And I I think it's I'm not a big fan like I'm not a big fan of that kind of like action because I mean at the end of the day, Stephen Hart still human being and you know we're not yeah. talking like premier league stuff here but at the same time obviously results are not going the way they should so like what, what do you think should happen in the off season just first on what you said about like not being a big fan of that um i think everyone kind of needs to remember sometimes that we're we're not like 14 year olds who play fifa then go online and chat shit to people like we're all in our 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s like there's i think there's a, a level of respect, respectfulness and a level of decency we need to approach conversations yeah. like this, especially like in the discourse online. Like at the end of the day, like you said, this isn't a Premier League manager on 20 million a year who's completely protected from all this. Like this is a member of our community who has done an incredible amount for soccer in this province and this country. And I don't think we should be reverting, sorry, I don't think we should be reducing his employment status to a hashtag on Twitter just because people aren't happy with how he's doing his job right now. I don't think that's a decent way of behaving. And I think it reflects badly on all Halifax fans. Like, I don't want us to get a reputation as being this really, like, like pissy fan base who do yeah. shit like that. Like, there's absolutely room for a discussion about whether he's the right person going forward. Absolutely, like open to those discussions done respectfully and done in a way where you actually analyze snark on the internet because like we should all be better than that to someone who's part of our community and a very nice man um that aside like in terms of the conversation over the summer like it's getting to the point now where i think that conversation will be happening if i'm absolutely honest i don't fully know where i stand on it at the moment like i'm still an optimist at heart i think and will always like i like i've, I've used the arsenal thing before like even to the very end i was never venger out 
even when it got to the point where 99% of Arsenal fans were Wenger out. Like I never got there because I've, I don't know why I never got there, but I always kind of hoped that he would turn it around. And I, I guess I still feel like that now as well. Like it's definitely not been good enough on the pitch. hundred percent. It's not been good enough, but like just on, on the human level as a human story, I want it, I want him to make it work. So just to like, I, I, I really think that um, a lot of this is coming down to uh, our player recruitment. Um, I, I, I like I'm, I, I as I said, I, said, I hate talking about people's abilities and all that kind of stuff because obviously we're not footballers. We weren't we, we weren't good enough to make it. They they obviously are, but it, like the players are bringing in just like they're just not good enough, unfortunately. And and it's not nice to say, but we're just. Like our, we need to seriously have a look at our recruitment because it just seems to me that the majority of what we're doing is we're just trying to take players from the PLSQ and hope, hope and hope and hope that they're good enough. And it's like we've had so many players now that haven't been that we kind of need to stop maybe using that as a as an avenue to to, to find players. You know, like and maybe there's a reason why we're the only team that's taken the majority of our players so i know other teams have taken like one or two here and there but like we're taking a, a big chunk of our players from the plsq mm. and it just seems maybe there's a reason why you, you do the teams there because and they're closer to the, to the league too i mean they've got they've got league one ontario and then like you know like like right next door is quebec so it just mm. you know if but if, if i if i think if i think back to the before the season though and the recruitment we did like I was on board for all of it. Like I, so we, we finished the season one point off the playoffs yeah. and we're lacking goals from elsewhere in the team. So we sign a, what on paper is an excellent young Canadian talent in Aidan Daniels, who was playing at probably a higher level than CPL yeah. and putting up good numbers. So, right. If you're looking at that on paper, you go, that's a fantastic signing. <laughs> like he's going to get a seven to 10 goals this season. That addresses one big need. And then we also add, Mohamed Omar, who again, we're looking at going, shit, he's just been like drafted first in the MLS super draft. Like he's highly thought of enough to be the first draft to the MLS team. That's like he was drafted in the fourth round. He went 23rd overall in the first round. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Like, so they're looking at that going, okay, so that's that's like massive reinforcements in center midfield and center defense. Like we'll have Yamarelli scoring 15 goals again, like all of these things. So I, 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 I kind of get that recruitment for the start of the season. And then, yeah, like you said, we get to the middle of the season, Morelli's out, there's been injuries. And now it's felt a bit like we're just kind of collecting attackers to see who works. Like Sam's come in, Amla's come in, Mwandwe's come in. Just because the attack hasn't been working, so we're like, oh, okay, we need we need a solution now. And in the middle of a season, there's not a lot out there, is there? No, and, and that's why you end up like... Going for players like Amla, like I think, uh, I think Fumpe was like is an anomaly. I think that's like because he's off the like that's no, that's just such a left field one. And he, and in fairness, like he's proven to be a really good acquisition because mm. he is a good player. I mean, like he, I thought he was probably one of our best players against York. He was like, you know, he he got the penalty for us, and you know, he, he was yeah. positive, and he seems to be uh, unaffected by. 
the malaise around the place. You know, he's still positive, nah. still does his thing and stuff like that. So, so moving nah, away, he, he's he's going to be really good. He's going to be really, really yep. good for us. Like, especially once he gets like full time training regularly under his belt and stuff. Um, yeah, he's going to be really good for he, us. So he, that, he, that was a good sign in. You can really see like he's getting into the positions. Like he had it. He had a really good chance when he kind of made for himself and he kind of skipped by a couple of players and blasted it over. But you just mm. feel like had he had a preseason with us, like that's going in. You know what I mean? Like you, you kind of yeah. feel like that. He, like, and I think w- once he scores one for us as well, oh, that, that goes in. I think he's like just, he's like rushing things and snapping at shots a bit at the moment. And if he just, once he kind of scores, breaks the duck, I think he'll just like breathe a bit slower in those situations. And because he's a good finisher, you've seen it in, yep. in Wales. Like he's a very good finisher. So yeah, he'll he'll score a lot of goals for us. I did, I did want to t- I did want to talk uh, a little bit about um just before we move on to to forge so so Gander came off in uh the was it like the thirtieth minute or something I think he was injured yeah he was injured wasn't he and then we brought on Corey <laughs> Corey Bent as a as a left back so like that's the kind of stuff that people start worrying about and I know he's played there before he's played as a wing back and and da 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 but I just like. He's uh, he's not if I don't think he's effective for us. We're like playing there. Like I want him up top, like putting pressure on on like I mean having him on the right hand side and him and, and Fumpa on the left hand side, it would just make every defender kind of shit themselves. <laughs> you, you know mm. what I mean? And it's like I just it's just bizarre. Like I, I, it's probably because of like who we didn't have like any other body on the bench to stick on because I think we, the only person we had was a. Uh, Kareem Sow, who was like, you know, he had a bit of a disaster himself at left back like the last time. But it's just, I what's what's happened to Corey? Like he, he like he he's not starting games. Like he's he's not being brought on. Like what do you think's going on? Like do, do you feel like he's on his way out the door? Like or is is he still picking up? Is he still having niggly injuries? Like it's 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 boggling my mind because he is one of our like you know he like he puts his heart and soul into the game and like he he is a an attacking threat so it's just bizarre to me that he's not he's not being selected yeah in t- i mean in terms of that i don't know if there's little injuries and stuff um no idea i i actually i had no problem with him coming on as left back i think i think what york were doing is they were always leaving gander as our spare man so if you if you like watch that first half he gander is normally the only pass on because they're kind of man to man all over the pitch with us and then leaving gander free because i like i i think york probably thought he's the least creative with the ball at his feet of our players. So, okay, let him be the free man. So I think Bent coming on with that in mind, Bent's like a creative player. He's like technically fairly secure, good passer. So I think the idea was he's going to add some like creativity from the left back position that so, or Tabby probably wouldn't. Yeah. I don't think Tabby was even on the bench. Actually, no, he, was, so, he was on the bench. Yeah. So I, I think that was the thinking there, like just from an attacking perspective, a creativity perspective, we were going to get more from Bent being the free man who is usually available for a pass. Um, in terms of, yeah, more broadly, I don't, I don't know. I don't really know if he's like, I, I always try and be conscious of the fact that like, like the coaches, the players, they're working a 40, 50 hour work week every single week. And we get to see 90 minutes of a 50 hour work week. Yeah, And like we, we kind of base all our analysis and all our judgments of what goes on on those 90 minutes where and it is the most important 90 minutes of the work week, but it's still only 90 minutes from 50 hours. And there's all this other stuff that goes on in training, like in terms of like physical, like their physical level at the time, 
their mood, like how they're acting around the building, like all of this stuff goes into selecting the team on a Saturday. But we obviously only base it on, okay, what did we see the previous Saturday? And that's how we how we analyze it, which is fine. Like what else do we have to work on? Yeah. Um, because as a league, and this isn't a club thing, but as a league, it's not the most communicative when it comes to injuries and little things like that. So we, we it's guesswork for us. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to see a lot more of him. I think... I think the problem is Salter is our biggest goal threat. Mwandwe is our exciting new signing. So where do you where do you play him? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a it's it's a head scratcher, but it is what it is. And then just before we move on to fours, there was one other uh, well, kind of similar thing. So the the news that basketball had been suspended for the the York game. Uh, what did you make of that? And a lot of people uh, were putting that fourth goal at Oxner's feet. So I just thought we'd bumped all the whole question together with <laughs> goalkeepers. But uh, what, what did you, what do you think of the suspension and uh, yeah, Oxner's um, performance? Um, the, I mean, this, in terms of the suspension, obviously we won't say it out loud, but I think both of us and probably a lot of people listening to this podcast have, have heard a version of what happened. Um, it is what it is like you need to you need to maintain a level of respect to your peers and to your seniors in a football club and i guess a line was crossed at some point that they felt like they needed to suspend him for he was back in the squad for the next game yep. so i imagine it's no drama all is forgiven um but yeah it does kind of it amplifies it amplifies the situation when oxner is perceived to have made some errors again um a caveat that i always say before we talk about goalkeepers but i have no idea about the, yeah. the position of goalkeeper like i know like i know like what looks like a mistake to me but i'm sure an actual goalkeeper would say to me no that's not a mistake because of abc and what about the mistakes the center backs or the center midfielders made before it um but it did look like oxner was at fault for a few goals over the past couple of weeks um and but then you you can't put the Dalhousie goalkeeper in for him instead yep. when when basket suspended like you can't do that so yeah it is what it is yeah I just uh, just w- with the fourth goal he he has he has a uh, he does that a lot when, when he kind of runs out like he gets a rush rush of blood to the head but as soon as he wasn't able to make that tackle like he should have just gone back to his goal line but yet like he just wanted to see it out and even. Adam Jenkins in um, in commentary kind of mentioned he's like like uh, Christian you need to be on your lines and so uh, I did see that somebody was uh, whether it was online or not was blaming him for the second goal I there's there's no blame you can give him on that goal like that weirdest bounce in the world like I mean yeah. it is what it is like that's that was a free goal and it's just a sign of how unlucky we are right now that like something like that would just come off normally that thing is just like shanked into the ground and it's like over the bar and mm. it just happened to hit the bar so yeah we're kind of i feel we're kind of stuck now like oxen is probably going to be the number one and like i think after what basket did like whatever it was um he's probably not going to be the flavor of the one for a while so we might see christian in for a while and like you know it, it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, so moving on to the, the Forge game, uh, which I thought was a much better performance. I think that we, and you kind of mentioned that, like, uh, before the, the pressure of home, the home games and how bad we've been at home. 
was probably lifted off them a little bit um, because I thought that they started the game apart from the goal, but I thought they were they, they were really effective. Like Forge played an awful lot of long passes, I thought. Um, obviously, the heat was a factor too, and Forge didn't look 100% either. I think they were missing maybe Sissoko, but I thought we actually played really well. Um, the, the, the lineup was quite a... Uh, was quite different <laughs> uh we, like and this is the thing this is what i mean like we were kind of talking about how we're literally just throwing poop at the wall and hoping something sticks because uh like like amlo like didn't even make the the 18 after starting the game before it's just it's just it's just bizarre like the, the way it's going on and i think garcia wasn't even in the 18 either for this one and i don't think he was injured so uh what did you make of the lineup because obviously we brought in uh cream sound we brought in tabby um and we kind of switched more to a, a 5-3-2 than the 3-5-2. So uh, what do you think of the lineup? I think we've got previous of playing 5-3-2 against Forge. It's something we did in 2019. I think we did it at the Island Games. We definitely did it in 2021. Like it's a bit of a Stephen Hart go-to is when you play Forge because technically that like their technical level is the best in the league. They keep yeah. the ball better than anyone in the league. So you kind of accept that they will play through you quite easily if if like you're open. And I think, well, we, we saw the two home games. We stuck with the system we've been playing with all season, like the 4-1-2-3, and we got absolutely rinsed. Like they played through us like, like a knife through butter. It was embarrassing at times. So I think I think probably Stephen Hart pulled rank on Dorado and went, no, we're not fucking doing that again. Like we got, we're, we're doing what worked for me for three yeah. years against Forge. And it's like, we should remember, we all, up until this season, we always gave Forge a good game. Like, yep. We were almost a bit of a bogey team for them, I think. Yeah. And it was normally because we did that. We went, right, we're going to clog up the central areas of the pitch. We're going to kind of try and spring on the counter attack with, with wing backs. And that's how we're going to get a result against them. And I, I completely like I was hoping we'd play five at the back and we and mainly because like I've watched a fair bit of Ford this season and they do the same thing over and over again, which is kind of isolate a fallback, push like three or four players over there and just overload them repeatedly. Yep. Like the eight or the six will fill out to their winger. The eight will then sprint in between like the center back and the fullback and attack that space get a pullback and they'll score and forge it doesn't matter who forge play against like that is one of their, the biggest principles of play for them is they just do it's like it's like a wrestler having a finishing move like that's their finishing move isn't it just again yeah. and again so how do you how do you like how do you defend that like you put an extra man at the back so that space isn't available for them to do it in and that's what we did um and we looked really solid i thought like I take what you say about the weather, meaning both teams look quite slow and fatigued, which is understandable because yep. it was fucking boiling. Like, like 42 what, on the pitch or something like that was. Yeah, and it was like yeah. it was like 38 with humid with the humidity here yesterday, and I was baking going for a short walk, so it must have been like hell playing playing that game. So yeah, like just bog it up, like trying. It was it was like a boring game, wasn't it, because of yeah. the heat. But I think that was the idea, just like be as like make it as congested as possible. Don't let Forge play. Don't let them find them spaces between the centre back and the full back. And yeah, we we did it pretty well. Um, we offered a bit going forward as well. I thought I thought the attackers. It was, I thought that was quite an interesting front too, Sam and Mwandwe. Um yeah. I don't I don't think it fully worked, but it couldn't be in the first time they played together as a two as well. Um, but they were both like started quite narrow, then they'd peel to the sides and 
I thought um, I thought Tabby had quite a good game as well, to be honest. Yeah, like at the, st- the- at, the, at the start, I thought he, was, like, he looked nervous because this is his first start in quite a while. Mm. But once he kind of got into the game, I thought he was really, really good. I, like he's... Uh, uh, like like going forward, I think he's a, he is a really good player. <laughs> like it, it yeah. definitely gives us something. If if you could take Gander's defensive abilities and Tabby's uh, going forward ability and mix it into, you'd have a pretty decent footballer. To be yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think but, he, I think he's more of a wing back than a left back. Yeah, I think that's the thing with him. I don't I don't think he we can trust him fully as a left back yet. But as a wing back, you kind of cede a lot of that defensive responsibility to the left centre back of a three. So you don't have to worry too much about it. Um, I, I yeah. think he just has like a rush of blood to the head every now and again. He just kind of just like tries to tackle when he doesn't need to. Like so, I, I but that's mm. just like coaching will. Like once you you can kind of coach that with somebody. But I thought um, as well. Like I thought that uh, it was probably one of. Pierre Lamotte's probably his best game of the season. I thought he was really, he was really very busy, very, yeah. very busy, especially the first half. I felt like he must have had the most touches out of any player for us. So really, really busy. Like I th- I, he looked, he like kind of played pissed off, which is something I've never <laughs> seen from him before. Like he looked a bit pissed off when he was playing, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and normally he's like this very sort of tidy, jinky player like likes a one two likes a bit of ticky tacker but he was like crunching into a few challenges and getting his foot in and stuff so i don't know if he just had a bad day or but he played well <laughs> as, a, as a result of it so so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens now when um jeremy comes back like if uh if police comes out of the team or if they put lamoth like or lamoth come out of the team it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what steven steven hart kind of does um was like i i just thought that like one of our big problems again this season has been obviously like our lack of goals and it just seems that like we're now at that stage where people are just snatching at things like like Sam had mm-hmm. a really good chance like switch for somebody with his height in the first half he had like a pretty much a free header and he put it wide and then um we had a couple of like deep like little half chances like that too that we just like uh Fumpe did like a another little jinky thing as well and he like he blazed it um, and then obviously Lamas hit the crossbar, but yeah, like I, I thought we gave as good as we got, and it was a nice like little. Although we lost, we, we were all expecting us to lose six or seven nil. Oh, was... when that when that first goal went in, I was like, "Fuck, this yeah, could get uh, ugly." Exactly. Cricket score levels, and, and in fairness, like the guys kind of like stuck with it and like got stuck in, and uh, I thought I thought actually Stevens' um, substitutions were, were were pretty decent too. I thought that Ryan Robinson was really good when he came on he was he was like he was pushing pushing like their fullback like their fullback back quite a lot like i thought he, he was excellent when he came on so i, I think I he's earned i think he's earned himself a start like he's, i think he's, so too he's, he's looked good enough in all his appearances he was very good in the under 23 games i think he's earned himself a start now i think he was always one for the future but i'd, I'd like to see it to be honest he kind of reminds me a little bit of uh like karen jovanovich he's got that kind of like yeah. uh you know that that attack and threat. They like you know he gives you an option, um, and I think having him and uh, Fumpe maybe on opposite wings would be kind of interesting to see. But it's like you know like <clears throat> there's obviously like a, a we kind of talked about <laughs> like the negativity that's around the the club and all that kind of stuff. But there is some like little little rays of sunshine. Like you know there is some like little little sprouts coming through like a, you know like 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 Robinson and 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 you know I, I feel that Tabby once he gets going will be a pretty good player like Fernandez so I mean there is there is something there you know, I just mm. think that for the 
for the formation that they want to play, they just don't have the players like that yeah. can work that system. And I think that we might see another big turnover. Like I'm surprised we didn't have one last year, but I, th- I honestly think that this year we're because a lot of players just have options. It's not like uh, people are signing on for contract. I think there's only like three or four, like four players maybe that are contracted for next year. Uh, so yeah. So I think I th- we. Might- I th- I think you. I think we can project forward to next season now, and if you squint, we we it can look positive if you if you want it to. Yep. Like like Morelli's going to be back. He won't be one hundred percent fit until probably early summer, but he'll be back. Um, Mwandwe looks like a really good signing. Salter, I imagine they'll take up on the option. Yep. Um, yeah, Robinson will be another year older. Fernandez will be another year older. Like. The skeleton, I wouldn't even say it's the skeleton yet, but we've got some limbs of a good team in there. Yeah. And it's just going to be a case of, oh my God, it's going to be such a big job. That's, that's, there's going to be so much turnover this summer, though. That's my only concern that, I mean, it's hard enough getting one signing right, but they're going to have to get like a lot. 12, 13. Yeah. And, I, I, yeah. and I thought the last time when they did that, when they did that, they got, a lot of them right like i mean they brought in sissoko yeah. they brought in omar krem like I, I thought that they they Morelli brought in that summer as yeah, well and... they brought in like a lot of the right players and um, i just think that for the last like year and a bit like we're just we're just trying to add to what we have and unfortunately like it's just they, they just feel like punts that you know it's like we'll just take a chance on this guy like probably give him like the basic contract and hope that like, somebody comes good you know what i mean i, I and I just feel like that I, the, the other clubs, um, like when you look at like Calvary and Forge and Pacific, they tend to <laughs> have an established player in mind that's going to come in. And you know what I mean? Whereas we're, I feel like we're just kind of taking a punt on people. They just seem to have, the, their scouting system just seems better. And that obviously it's for for reasons that we we know that they have a better scouting system than what we have. But I, I just feel like that they, they always just have some, like somebody this is the, the, the conveyor belt that keeps throwing them out, you know. So um I don't know. I like I I'm not I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't know how the fuck they're getting away. Like, how are they signing these players? And then and like again, I genuinely believe there is a rational explanation. It, but I like on paper, it is it's baffling, isn't it? Oh my like, god. How, so like because it already seemed like they were probably pushing the limits of the cap, and then they go and sign. Jordan Hamilton. So, I just... so, so that was a question that uh, uh, Steve, <laughs> Steve Steele had for us. He's like, how, uh, what were our thoughts on Jordan Hamilton actually making it to Forge? And I, I 100% agree with you. It's like just, just looking like at their, their, the, the players that were playing on the weekend. I mean, like they had like Ashton Morgan, who's won an MLS Cup. They had Tristan Borges, like who. Like they got a big money, well, a money deal into to Europe. Taryn Campbell, like the champion last year. Uh, Hojabor, who they brought from Pacific. Uh, Becker, like, like these guys, like, they're not, they, they can't be cheap. They're not going to be there, like, no, on no. like basic contracts. So there's something like uh, people keep talking, and, and I think this is where like the kind of transparency thing comes into it because, like, I think it was like last year, the year before, they released like the what the basic contracts are and all that kind of stuff and the top player was played, whatever. But there's, there was just never any uh, mention of like bonuses and stuff like that. Mm. I think that's a lot of people seem to think that's where a lot of this is coming from that. Like, you know, like if they qualify for this down, you get like a bonus and I don't think bonuses count as part of the cap. And I think that's 
like it's it's just it's crazy to me like i mean like you know like as you said like then having the ability to bring in jordan hamilton who's also an mls cup winner like you know he's played he's just come back from ireland and stuff for that and i know that there's quite a few people here in halifax that wanted them to sign here and i just don't think mm. we a i don't think we like it's the type of player that we would sign and be like he's obviously from ontario so like th- th- that's a big pull for people like you know what i mean if you're from ontario like, like you and you're a team in ontario wants you you're gonna go right i mean that's just... i think i think we were in for him i think we were trying to sign him but it just it didn't happen because yeah. like you said he's he's why wouldn't he live close to home to a team that are playing CONCACAF like that's not a difficult decision he doesn't know how nice it is here and what a wonderful place it is to live yeah. like so I think yeah I, I'm so if the cap's seven let's say 750,000 I can think of maybe six or seven Forge players who you could really make a strong argument for being on at least 65 to 75,000 yeah like at least six or seven so uh, yeah I, I don't understand i don't understand how it's done i again i do think it's done legally because i i don't tend to buy into like the conspiracies and stuff but i are they just pay are they paying like the other half of the squad like five thousand a year or something and <laughs> it's, i have no idea how they've how they're how they're doing well, it well i'd love just, i'd love to know like like people were saying like are they getting like uh uh, like fake job somewhere that's gonna get them <laughs> so so yeah so if, uh... do you remember sorry this is a weird anecdote you know colo torre yeah so Col- when colo torre was playing for liverpool um he was married but he had like a dating profile where he pretended he was like a painter and decorator or something and like because <laughs> he didn't want the girls to know that he was a professional footballer and go to the newspapers so he like made up his whole second job where i think he had like a business card and stuff and he's like yeah i'm a painter and decorator <laughs> Why would you come up with a painter decorator? For fuck's sake? <laughs> Some, I, I can't remember. The I'm exact a writer. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a historian. I'm a professor. <laughs> Fucking painter decorator. Jesus Christ. Um, so, so yeah, like I, I, it's definitely baffling, and I think that some sort of uh, transparency on the back of that would be kind of nice. But I'm not expecting that. Uh, but you know, if uh, if is it Bob Young, the guy like who owns the Tiger Cats, and uh, yeah, he, he started he started following me on Twitter a month or so ago. Nice, <laughs> slide into I could slide, slide into his DMs, DMs and go, yeah. oh, right, Bobby, mate, how, you, how the fuck did you pull this off, son? <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell anyone, I promise. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, if you if you can reach out to your contact there, uh, the Bobster, yeah, my good mate. The, the Bob boss. Moister, the Bob Moister General. Yeah. Bobby, what's up, mate? Uh, and I th- so there's an- another comment that we got from uh, Donald uh, Belgium. Um, he said that I think we should be very careful not to think that the Forge loss was the was kept to one goal because of anything Wanderers did. Neither team exerted themselves to normal level, which is understandable given the te- temperatures at field level. So I get where he's coming from. Like we kind of mentioned it there that I I, I don't think that. Forge were playing at a hundred percent, and I think I always felt they could have probably could have kicked it up a gear if they needed to. But I still have to give credit to Stephen Hart for putting the the, the, the formation that we did, and I think that we did really well in stifling them. And as I mentioned, they were result they were resorting to uh, playing an awful lot of long balls, which really isn't always their game. So um, yeah, I thought it was a good. Uh, I actually thought it was a good performance. We. 
Like it's incredible to me though that we've got nine forwards and none of them score fucking goals though. <laughs> <laughs> and Winnie is just pleased for the love of fucking God put the ball in there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I uh, you know what, mate? I I I don't know why, but I feel weirdly good about Saturday. I I've just got a good feeling that and you said during the same our last you, podcast. No, I didn't. You fucking said it. You fucking said it, not me. I didn't I was worried about that game. Um, but I just I feel weirdly good about Valor. I've like I just feel like it's got as bad as it can possibly get, and I think the pressure is off now. Like we, we, like let's be honest. I know the coaches have got to like say we're still in with a chance for the playoffs, but we're not. Like we're definitely, no, definitely we're not. There's, there's what? How many games left? Ten games, and we're yeah. eleven points off it. Like yeah, it's done. So hopefully the players can relax a bit and just. Just win a home game, like the fan. Everyone needs it so much. I, I can't go to this. This I've got. Um, I'll get my wisdom teeth out on Friday, so I won't oh, be Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. So, yeah. So I'll be at home. That's like, a bit late, late in life to get them out, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I thought so, that was like when you're 16 or something normally. So uh, <coughs> I want to get. I want to get my. I want to get braces. I want to get my teeth straightened. So because mm. like they're, I've got Irish teeth that are all over the shop. Um, Mate, so, curse to the British and the Irish. Uh, yeah, shit teeth. <laughs> so, so uh, shit so in bed, the, shit teeth. So, so, yeah. <laughs> so to get the to get the braces, and, like I have to get them removed. And as like and as like I'm as I'm getting older, like I, I don't want to be like gummy when I'm like 55. My teeth are falling out, so I'm yeah, yeah. To do what I can to keep them. So yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so it's gonna, like I'm gonna have a weekend of uh, eating jelly and ice cream. So it's gonna be fun. So uh, and soup. Come in. Soup probably. Are you, get, are you getting it done on Saturday or on, uh, on the Friday? On the Friday, so uh, you'll probably be out of it and groggy all day Saturday. Then yeah, I'm hoping anyway. You know, like even if the, even like I'm just gonna like take some drugs myself at home just to yeah, yeah. <laughs> get me through it. So yeah, so it's uh I won't be there, but uh, I will be cheering on from home, and I'm really hoping that uh the the lads like uh live up to your hopes and dreams there and actually put out performance. I th- just before I go, I did want to just mention um. So I don't know if you saw uh, Ottawa yesterday. Like they had like nearly seven thousand fans. There, like I think at their game really? yesterday. Yeah, um, good for them. Christian Jack had, had <coughs> mentioned it, and that was in the middle of a, a monsoon as well. Like it started like the heavens opened, and then uh, the game was delayed for forty minutes. But one of the, one of the things I've, uh, I really liked is uh, Drew Becky, uh, who's obviously their captain. Uh, he came out after they lost to Forge four 0 at home. And was like, you know, like apologize for the performance and said that, you know, we're still a work in progress, but where we are compared to where we were 12 months ago is huge. And he came out again after uh, the game yesterday and was thanking the 7,000 fans that came out and, and stuff. And I, th- I really think they're, they're building something quite awesome in uh, in Ottawa. Like the, the fan group there is like really vocal and active. Um, but my question is, do you think that we should have done something like that after... <laughs> Because like like after after the York game was radio silence like there was nothing really that came out um you know just addressing this the slide that we're on the the poor performances and uh, and stuff like that you know what I mean like it's just been it feels almost like business as normal and it's like mm. wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice if we had somebody at the club just come out and just do a little video like that saying like hey we really appreciate the fans and so, I don't know. 
maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe some fans want that. But like personally, for me, I'm incredibly cynical about anything like that. Like when when stuff like that happens, I'm just like, fuck off. Like just, I, I know. Like, I, I don't. I, you're in Canada, though, man. It's a different, it's a different <laughs> vibe. <laughs> I know. I know there is, but I can't separate that from like. I know you don't mean that. Like when someone says like stuff like that, I'm like, you don't mean that. Someone's told you to say that, or like you. Th- you'd think that'll get a good reaction like deep down i would rather they just shut the fuck up and win <laughs> to be honest but i know like i know you're right like i know you're right we're in canada and maybe people want m- more communication like that and and maybe people feel like it comes from a more sincere place which which maybe it does um maybe i'm just being overly cynical but for me like personally i i don't care for stuff like that yeah. but so, so, I, I feel like there's such a big culture of apology around football now like when fucking players miss penalties and they write oh instagram posts apologizing for missing penalties and stuff it's like that, shut that, the fuck up and play football that pissed me off I, something that actually um i, I think is is it ajax ajax have banned people from <laughs> uh bringing those fucking signs in now can i have your shirt oh i hate that shit yeah so yeah. so yeah so but so what we're gonna do is we're gonna have a new section of the show, Cynical Corner, where Gary, <laughs> Mate, I could, Gary, I could just, I could just reel off five yeah. straight away if you want. <laughs> right, he, people who pretend to hate pineapple on a pizza, that would be my number one person. They right. don't actually care about pineapple anyway. Yeah, I'm not I, gonna go. I, I have pineapple on my pizza. Exactly, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. No one, no one should be that angry about pineapple on pizza. I, I know it's, it's just people who have to like some vague Italian ancestry and want to prove to people that they've got some vague Italian ancestry, so they go big on. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, next one: inspirational sports quotes. Fucking hate them. <laughs> fucking, fucking, and most of them are, that, most of them are bollocks too. Like I, I feel like the person that even fucking said them, but it's just been a true. Exactly. You know? like, I don't think the LeBron, grind. I don't think LeBron James is stops. that fucking deep. To be perfectly honest with Jerry, so, um, so yeah. So um, I do have to get our. We we do have a a thing that we need to do like every thing that uh, every game. So um, who is your Heineken man of the match for the uh, oh, the York yes. game? Do you like that? I your Heineken that, man right? of the match for uh, the York game. The York game, block 108, because they never stopped. And what was on the pitch was absolute dog shit. So block 108 is my Heineken man of the match for the York game. Do you know what? I was actually going to say the same thing, not just block 108, but I was going to say every fan that stayed for the full 90 minutes uh, <laughs> and just yeah. just, and just put up with it. Because like... There, uh, Nico Giansopoulos, like, uh, you know, he's been on the show before and we kind of, uh, we, we talked to him and stuff like that. And uh, he got, he just loves getting chirped by the, the Halifax fans. And he was, he was getting a, a pretty rough ride from the, the fans <laughs> behind the goal and stuff oh, like that. And just seeing his. so funny though. He's so uh, funny. That bloke kills he's a, me. He's amazing for the league, but he, like, and he, like he, he laps it up. Well, seeing his smug face afterwards, after <laughs> doing, like, just really fucking hurt me. So but anyway, yeah. So uh, mine's, uh, um, you said block one away, but I'm going to say that every single fan that actually stayed for the full 90 and, and watched that. Uh, atrocious nightmare. So, um, your Heineken man in the match for I'm 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 doing this. I love Jesus. it. Uh, for, for the um for the Forge game, my Heineken man of the match for the Forge game is yeah. I'm gonna give it Tabby. I don't think he was the best player on the pitch by any means, but just in terms of the level he was at, probably the lack of confidence he had going into that match to look like a seven out of ten player. I think. I think he that he's my Heineken man of the match for that reason. 
I, I'm going to give it to uh, Pierre Lamas. I, I think that um, he had an excellent game. As you said, he, he just seemed to have brought a different type of game that I don't think we've seen from him. That kind of, he was kind of putting it about, <coughs> and um, his free kick was actually quite, quite mm. decent too. Oh. Just, just seeing, like, honestly, like, I don't understand, like, how teams just don't pepper Forge's goal with shots. It doesn't matter where you're from because Tristan Henry just has these moments. Like, he he thought that shot was going over because he, he he went like this. Yeah. Obviously, you can't see where I'm on podcast. But he put his hands up <laughs> to kind of go, like, it's going over. And then, like, it can back off the uh, the crossbar. So, yeah. yeah he, reminds me, he reminds me of, like, in old school football, and I guess it still happens sometimes when, like, the all the subs that have been made and the goalkeeper gets sent off and like the centre-back goes in goal. He reminds me of that because he's really, really good with the ball. He's really good with the ball at his feet. But, some, but sometimes you look at him trying to make a save and it just doesn't look like a goalkeeper, does he? He's, he's like uh, flapping he's, in a weird way. And He's John O'Shea. Uh, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so, man, it's been great hanging out. Uh, like, you know, it was kind of nice. I was glad that we didn't do a show right after the York game because I think it would have been just depressing. And it was nice that there was some good news with the under-23s and, and a somewhat decent performance against Forge to kind of lighten mm. our moods a little bit. So I really appreciate you hanging out. Um, thanks again to our sponsors, Molson Coors. Uh, you guys are amazing on your product. Um, I, I don't really want to try any other ones. Just just keep sending me Heineken on. I think I'd be pretty happy to be honest with you. <laughs> and then send me some as well, Heineken. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I've got I've got like a regular <laughs> now. There, don't worry, buddy. I'll hook you up. Uh, so yeah. So um, look, look uh, in future, look out. We're going to do some giveaways and and hopefully have some swag to give away and stuff for like that. And yeah, just it's just nice that we're actually making the big time and having uh, people uh, come on come on board. So it's what you get when you're the number one soccer podcast in Cambodia. People listen. The, I think the, that's the, what the Heineken, listen. Heineken is huge in Cambodia. So <laughs> I think I think the people so are we. I think I think the people just read <laughs> this is what they want. But yeah, so um, I also want to thank you for not mentioning uh, down the pub whatsoever on the thing you did before. So that was awesome. All right, mate. My, my favorite, my favorite part was uh, when you went, um, yeah, yeah, the guy's like, so where can we find you? <laughs> I was like, oh, my Twitter, I've got the blog from aways.com. And then you're like, oh, I forgot. And I was like, here it is. Here it is. <laughs> my Instagram. I was like, fucking wanker. <laughs> Oh, sorry, but, but honestly, though, it was a great job. You, 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 uh, you really sold the uh, the city well on that man, and uh, yeah, proudly, buddy. All right, so can I, can, uh, I, can I thank you? Can I thank you for something as well? Sure. Can I can I thank you for twenty minutes before we were going to record last night for messaging me saying I'm too pissed. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I've been on the booze all day. <laughs> Can you do it tomorrow? So, 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 actually, so, so my, my mates, uh, mom and dad are were in town from Liverpool, and last night was like the last night. So I was like, you know what? I'll have a, I'll have a Guinness or two and a couple of Heinegans. Uh, Hein- yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so I was like, yeah, just to kind of say goodbye. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to get hammered, blah, 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 blah. And then it was so nice that we were sitting, sitting on the patio at Nelly's. I was like, I'll have one more, and then I'll have one more, and then I supposed to be home in time to help out with the putting the kids to bed, and I turned up. Yeah, I I wasn't here, so yeah, I was in the bad books with the wife. I neglected my podcast. It was just, you know, I think I've got a drinking problem. <laughs> That's so, why you're on the zero yeah. percent tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, thanks, Milgar. Uh, so probably uh we'll talk after valor uh have fun at the game and uh yeah come on you wonders 
See you later, mate. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. Bye. Drink on both, get out! Out to fuck!